0: Hi everyone! Welcome back to an episode of Health Points. I'm here with my co-host Pete Jenkins. Today we have us Peter and Kaju from Rehabu. Peter is a multi-entrepreneur with a background that includes business, tech, and startups, including augmented reality and sensory technology. He's the co-founder and CEO of Rehabu that specializes in gamified physiotherapy, where games are played in front of Rehabu screens, or can be any camera in front of any screens, where there's a focus on making remote physiotherapy fun, empowering, and measurable. And Kadju is also a co-founder and the COO of Rehabu with a background in podiatry and leadership in both the role of startups and digital health. Peter, Kadju, it's great for you to join us on the episode today.
1: Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having us.
0: It'll be wonderful for you to give us a bit of background uh, yourselves from where you've got to where you are and also kind of what Rehabu does.
1: Right. Uh, as an older gentleman, normally it's ladies first, but I can start. So uh, I was one of the originals, not a co-founder, but originals at a world's first and largest digital media agency or so-called new media agency back in 1997 called Satama Interactive. We had offices in six, seven countries around the world. And uh, gamification was one of the few things that I really put effort in, in that consultancy. My main customer and pretty much only customer was Nokia. And our task, my team's task was to do market making for Nokia's uh, devices and services. And we used gamification connected the people and places with the screens that were available at the event venues and sometimes outdoors as well. That was between 1997 to 2009. After that, I hopped on to um, doing the stuff in real life. So I hopped on to work as a consultant, concept designer at Clear Channel with looking at how people interact and how the outdoor advertising can be gamified. And that actually led us to rehabu. I broke my own shoulder and uh, was installing a Polar Electro, a Finnish heart rate monitor company's uh, playable advertising where people did a couple of moves and I was able with Microsoft Kinect to see my trajections, the movement of my shoulder much better than my physical therapist. So I was like, wow, this is something I discussed that at the place that I was doing some works as well. I was an external co-founder of Health Innovation Village, the GE Healthcare's innovation unit for digital health startups. I started to discuss this in there and that's when I met Katju.
2: Yeah, Uh, first of all, I aimed my whole youth Uh, to become a professional soccer player and I began to suffer from different injuries when I started uh, practicing twice a day and that's how basically physiotherapy started to be part of uh, every season of mine and I already remember thinking back then uh, how physical rehabilitation could be made more empowering and engaging and Also, I have always been a fan of measurability, and I remember thinking for the healthcare professional perspective, how could we use data to measure effectiveness and that way make a positive impact on the physical rehabilitation process. Yeah, after a few seasons filled with serious lower limb injuries, I had to make a hard decision and uh, give up my dreams to become a professional soccer player. and. I still wanted to be part of the sports community and I wanted to make an impact and help others to overcome same injuries. I decided to apply to study podiatry. I think it was my last school year and everything started from school innovation school project um, where students task was to create new services together with Microsoft uh, for the new children's hospital in Helsinki. My multi professional student team came up with the, with the concept of Rehaboo. And the project ended with a, with a 48 hour hackathon called Ultra Hack. And that's how I met Peter. Yeah.
1: I was there at the Ultra Hack. Um, actually, it was the first year of Ultra Hack, and uh, I was helping out the guys. My task was to do social media. And uh, the perks for me doing that was that I can put my own platform that kind of didn't exist at the time. But if it would have, I could have put that in the library for the hackers to, to start working on. So I was developing something with my friend uh, who actually, I guess he had a COVID four years earlier than the others. Uh, he's always the front runner because he was sick for like four weeks. And at the hackathon, we couldn't get our platform there. But when I was doing my job, anyways, interviewing all the teams, and I met Katja and the rest of the team. They were called actually Helsinki Hooligans. Yeah. Helsinki so I was Hooligans. like, "Yay! You know, that's a, these guys have attitude." And uh, so we started talking, and I said to Matthias, the the code guy, that, "Hey, you know, this uh, platform, I could show you a couple of tricks, and and here's the password." But uh, you don't really get support because the, the guy doing it is sick but you can use it anyway so that's how the story started and uh GE healthcare was also part of the support organizing organization of the digital health challenge at the hackathon and then the team moved here in where we still are based at the health innovation village and this is it
0: that is a uh, proper startup story you got and <laughs> <on>, uh, <laughs> uh, not just Peter, with almost two and a half decades of experience gamification—that uh, is, uh, before the word gamification—I think was normally used in conversations. So, properly pioneering in your work and your time spent.
1: Pretty much, yeah. We, you know, the gamification wasn't used, but we use uh, everything was e before I came uh, to screw up the Nokia business. But everything was e, so we call mobile e dash events. That we were creating at Satama at the time, and uh, you know we measured everything. Like if you got you won a game and went to have a beer, we then said the next day you had three beers or something like that. Yeah, not always measuring it, but uh, they didn't remember.
3: What I thought was really interesting about how you got into this pizza was that mix of digital and in the physical environment which actually I think is so useful in this world of rehab because uh, what we want to do is change people's behaviours when and where they need to change their behaviour. And normally it's not when they're actually just using a phone or an app. So I think that's, that's a really interesting starting place. And I'm interested now to hear where you've gone with it.
1: Yeah, when, um, in general, when looking at the uh, healthcare, um, it's like education in a way. You kind of have to do something. Um, you kind of have to learn. It's like must. Some people really love doing that. And, and some people, it's, it's a must. And we feel that, you know, exercising, especially if it's part of the physical therapy, is very often a must kind of a thing. And uh, especially with kids where we started with, uh, the thing was that they didn't lie to their physical therapist saying that, yes, I've been doing all my exercises in the past two weeks and only done them the past half an hour. But the uh, kids said, no, I haven't. It hurts. It's not fun. It's not motivational. What we now call empowering, as you said. And also, it wasn't measurable. So uh, nobody knew whether it has been done or not. I don't know if I answered your question, but uh, this was the answer.
0: Yeah, I think that was the start of the answer. I think what I want to know now is kind of, Describe Rehabu. What does it do and and what works? What would be great over over the conversation is understand what you've also tested that didn't work. So how have you distilled down to the solution that now creates those healthy behaviours?
2: Peter said that um, basically we've learned that the games need to be very, very simple when we have our three target audiences.
1: You know, I I said, we started with uh, Children's Hospital due to Katju's team winning the hackathon. Uh, pretty often we figure out that children's hospitals are very rare. There were 503 at the time uh, around the world. At the same time, there has been a lot of talk about the hospital beds getting, uh, getting lower and lower the amount of beds all the time. And we thought that, hey, okay, let's take adults in the hospitals, in the rehabilitation into a core as well, not only kids. And maybe actually with these adults, we pretty much moved into... Elderly care.
2: Yeah, and what we have done recently in elderly care is that we have actually partnered up with the City of Helsinki and Alzheimer, Alzheimer's Association. And we are trialing, trialing now the rehab activity game for the elderly living home alone. And uh, within this game, we are corresponding to the significant need to activate the elderly at care homes and also, like I said, living home alone.
1: With the, and... yeah with with the laptop version which was of course very important also for the nowadays the operations or or are like day operations morning in evening out and then three months after that is the exercise time so now based on based on actually those two sort of professional healthcare target audiences uh, both at both the staff asked many times that the, how can we use the game as well? Do you have game for us? Should we also be training? This could be great for us on our breaks. So we started creating break exercise games more for a preventional healthcare, so called micro breaks. And this is something, Pete, we've been reading a lot of your materials. So uh, good stuff there on, on HR, and how to use games as, as part of the team or at work. So this is also very important. Part of our the third segment of our offering.
0: So, what does rehabu game look like? Describe it, kind of. What's the experience for a for a user for a player?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, the user's body is the game controller, So it is you see the game character as yourself in front of you. So almost all the parts of the game you are looking at the game character from behind. So you see the the, the back of the person. Boo, which it is called. Uh, Then the environment changes quite a bit. Uh, The main idea is that on the left bottom side of the screen, we are showing the physical therapy movement that we are looking at, whether it's a hand raise or a squat or a walk in place. And it's all actually based on real physical therapy exercises from this uh, Finnish physical therapy exercise bank called Physiotools. On the right hand side, we show what the camera sees from you. So your skeleton and your joint points. And on the, on the center of the screen, you see the world changing. So for example, on the squat part, you are standing on a hand car, doing squats going under the, under the bars. On opposite of that, on the running part, uh, when you have uh, obstacles, you need to jump over, you'll see ladders coming up, you need to climb, you see my favorite part. Uh, you see the uh, uh, river with rocks, and that's when you have to do your uh, upper body sideways bent moves. Then we also have bunch of these mini games that are then more targeted to certain areas. And there's Katya's favorite is the boxing, for example. You might want to take from from that.
2: Yeah, I always imagine Peter's head in was. front of me. <laughs> that that keeps me empowered thanks <laughs> actually just to answer ben asked uh, earlier about our big learnings and yeah like peter peter talked about like our games uh, but like yeah what we've learned is that games can't be too hard for for these target audiences and the uh the games needs to stay rewarding that's the main thing and the main thing is that the feeling after the game is positive for the player and that's just, uh key factor whether the player wants to play again
3: uh, so that, that's interesting what sort of things are you measuring at the end of the game
1: well uh the main things that we do measure in all of the games and also include the mini games is sort of the activities whether it's the steps whether it's the squat, whether it's uh, how many times you you raise your hand the secondary thing we do is um, our games are based on unity so in unity you can actually do this uh Lengths or, or meters, so we measure and transfer those into steps. Also in the parts where you don't take steps, we still give you the steps, because it's something that's very tangible and everybody knows whether it's right or not that you should take the 10,000 steps per day to stay healthy. The third thing we, we, we are measuring is uh, the amul- amount of collective things captured, catched, for example, the stars. And uh, that has a bigger meaning than just collecting the stars. The meaning is that, for example, the, one of the rewards can be that based on the stars, the customer, whether it's a company or a hospital or, or a care home can give out, for example, charity, one of our customers is giving out monthly charities based on the stars. So there's a motivation and the empowerment to collect stars.
3: Those are all really cool. But actually what I was interested in in what Ketchup was saying was, are you measuring the sentiment of the player after they finished? Because you were saying they've got to have this happy feeling having played. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, like for example, when we were piloting uh, firstly at the new children's hospital in Helsinki, um, there were like patients that ta- started to do physiotherapy like straight after the surgery and they were in a lot of pain. And we don't want to like punish the player too much we want to give positive feedback throughout the game and also our rehab bot does it our remote trainer does it as well and we just want to encourage them to perform the needed exercises in order to have a successful patient path and physical rehabilitation period so that's that's very the that's the main thing
1: that's the main thing. And also, in, in some of the target audiences, mostly with hospital patients, we do ask the pain level before and after the game. And just by raising hands and uh, selecting from one to 10 ASAs, what is the pain level? Yeah. Also, really important is that we do ask feedback, uh, especially when playing on a totem version, sort of like the digital out of home advertising unit. What do you do afterwards if it's in a library or in a hospital lobby? You scan the QR code with your smartphone after the game and uh, claim the score. Get your, your name or initials on the leaderboard. And always after the first game of the day, we ask how you're feeling. Give us your feedback, one to five. Yeah. And this kind of things. Brilliant.
3: So I'm really intrigued to hear what sort of results are you hearing, not just sentiment, but also in the pain change or impression of pain, I guess it is as well, maybe.
1: Well the pain scale that's a very patient specific thing. I don't even know what they have answered in a hospital the hospital um, I would imagine that a lot of the pain is uh, i can i could imagine that the, the more you play the less you have pain but then again if you play really hard you might get more pain but on the average from one to five stars our our average grading after uh Close to 15,000 games
0: is uh, something around 4.5. Really enjoying the game. What I'm wondering now is how long do people keep engaging, keep playing? And have you had to kind of create stories and narratives that kind of extend that gaming experience? Or are people quite happy to repeat level kind of day after day, week after week?
1: Definitely, we need to keep on evolving all the time. And that's where the mini games like the boxing and like the balance standstill, like the flying, like the driving a truck on an icy road with your uh, motion on a big wheel. Uh, that Those come into the important picture. Um, I would say that um, people need to see their progress in the game. They need to get rewards to be motivated. The only target audience that didn't care about the development has been the severely memory problem people because they don't remember that they played the game before. If you don't want to chip in, got you the, the Kids Move campaign that we did in December, January um, because the sports clubs got closed and, and there were no practices and, and uh, really the, the teams couldn't Kick off the teams or or Google Meet practices, just like that. We opened up our game for free for sports clubs in Finland. And we got hundreds of kids playing the game. And some of them were saying that they never get bored of this because they see that if they don't play in one day, the competitors are coming and beating their scores. So they were really, so so the leaderboard and the playful competition really ties this together. And also with them, we tried during these couple of months that they really didn't unlock any loot boxes at that time. We were still developing those. But uh, we just put a new minigame and they figured it out. And on the chat, they were saying, oh, this is awesome. How did I get this one? And uh, we just said that because you're such a great player, even though everybody got it. So these little motivational triggers.
3: That's really, really interesting. My question is about the leaderboards and the competitive element. Because one of the things I've come across in this gamification of health space is very strict GDPR data protection. What are you able to share? Are they just sharing nicknames? How anonymous is it? What have you found in order to do this?
2: Well, yeah, that's uh, great. Obviously we need to take GDPR into consideration. Whatever we do, Uh, that's very big part of our, Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Children's to... hospital uh, the kids play with nicknames and they share that pretty openly with each other who they are there's no Social media, you know connected to that. So uh, it's just when they have speaking on the canteen basically whereas now this Helsinki League who uh, Elderly people living home alone playing on their laptops The GDPR is super strict. We don't know anything about the players uh, we've seen their faces on the kickoff meeting, on the on on a on teams meeting. We don't know really who they are. Uh, they download the game, and at the first time they register an animal icon that they represent. And on their own closed Facebook, some of them are we hear discussing that. Hi, I'm a lion. Hello, I'm a I'm a giraffe. But unfortunately, we don't have a clue about that, which makes it really hard for us to be the community managers of the game without not knowing at all what's happening there
0: no but that's
3: interesting because what you're saying is that even with anonymity the competition element is working
1: i think
2: yeah yes yes yeah but it's not the
1: same yeah
2: and this animal icon menu that we created just recently has been very very successful and like you can change the character if you want or I, you can be lion one, I can be lion two, or, or whatever. So that's, that's yeah, 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 that's been a great concept.
3: How many animals have you put in that you can choose?
2: 25.
0: Twenty-five. So it's a nice big selection, I think, for a game.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. i take you back to what you mentioned earlier. Did you say 15,000 times this has been, the game has been played so
1: far? You know, the, as the GDPR tells, the data is everywhere. <laughs> So we are collecting the data and showing anonymized data on our page.
2: I believe we have 13,000 games played and over 8 million steps taken.
1: You believe so, and I will tell you that. Yeah, 13,045 games played, ATM, and uh, almost 8 million, 7,941,599 steps taken.
0: Considerable number of plays. So kind of diving into the question of that, Is your focus about activating people to just be more active in some way? Or is your focus very much around kind of clinical rehabilitation? Where are you aiming? Where is the focus of the game?
1: Definitely more towards the activation. The hospitals are there looking at the impact that we can make for the patients. That is uh, super important for us. But definitely the, the big market, the business and also the drive and the development curves happen in the activation field and, and there we see the workplaces as a super important part of it as well as then at the care homes when it's really important to get the grandmas and grandpas up from the chair as many times per day as possible and fighting that well we first of all we fight inactivity so fighting that passivation activation ratio.
0: That's kind of clarified for me kind of where the focus of rehab is, is. kind of very much to get people to stand up more often, to be more active. For the average player, for the average user, how long would a game or a session last?
1: It's about two to three minutes on average. If there's a real, like the, the, the kids that were on top five and, and the, the winner kids, he actually won on a live webcast from our studio we had the, the Mighty Eagle himself, Peter Verstebakka, hosting the uh, final events on the 31st of January this year. There's a good uh, live yep. Put it on that on YouTube.
2: Uh, just to clarify, Peter is now talking about the, the campaign we did for, for kids around Finland. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, the Kids Move Finland campaign. So during the finals, the, the, the highest scorer did actually even higher score. He played 14 and a half minutes. So that's the maximum that we've ever seen or even heard anyone play. My games are normally around two One minutes. Cut you is five to six. Uh, average, I would say three. But we can also alter that.
0: Okay. Interesting. And the idea of bite size activity and kind of fully support anything that gets people moving. I guess what I'm wondering now is, when we look at things like medical guidelines, clinical guidelines of physical activity, one of the focus and one of the things stated often is that at least 10 minutes to contribute towards your 150 minutes of moderate activity a week. How are you making sure that it's not a one-off kind of, oh, I've done two or three minutes a week and I've done, ticked a box in my mind, I've done activity. Because there's one thing of getting someone to do three minutes a week. There's one thing encouraging people as this is part of an overall physical activity program to get towards that 150 minutes of physical activity a week that's advised by the World Health Organization. Where do you see rehaboo kind of contributing towards that?
1: Well, um, I will say again, the leaderboard, you know, showing what you've done, your personal leaderboard is on your mobile phone or on your, on your laptop screen. You see the others, how they have performed on the totem or kiosk in the hospital office or care home. That's the key, really, is to show that you're you're here, the others are there. And other things, we, we have a, a medical doctor on board of Rehabu. And, uh, for example, on the kickoff for the elderly living home alone in Helsinki, his saying was that I'm a doctor, I give you doctor's orders. You should play this at least twice a day, morning and evening. And I'm watching you. Um, Yeah,
2: yeah. I I believe people are more aware of their uh, well-being these days. Um, If you have ever used a health app or a wearable, you would know the feeling, basically. And basically, you create a goal and you work towards it. And if you hit the goal, you get a little maybe congratulation message or sometimes you get a digital award or maybe two or three. And like these awards and having, having a goal to work towards are all part of, of course, gamification and, and like designed to make routine tasks fun and interactive.
1: Yeah.
3: Now, there's something really interesting as well that came up in what you were just saying, Peter ago. For me, what was interesting there was you've now got leaderboards in different places. One is in the app, yeah? So you've got old people playing from home. And then you also mentioned you've got the totem or the screen, I guess, in the mm-hmm. hospital. How many do yeah. you put in a hospital? What difference do you see, if any, from having a physical screen that's separate from an app? Well, Does that change the dynamic, having that physical thing around?
1: That is a, a, a great question. And basically, our totem is the game totem. So it has the screen, the camera, and the computer. It's all packaged in a sort of outdoor advertising look and feel kind of uh, device so that's where many of the games are played in facilities and you can also play the game on in in the app in a mobile device or on the laptop so um basically we see that the the, the totem is a piece at facilities that gathers people around it's really important how it's placed and for example we have a um Hospital customer in Denmark that has two totems. The other one is in a patient room and uh, has a wheels underneath, so it is transported from room to room from time to time. Whereas the other is in the lobby area and it's also playable for uh, the friends or families of the of the of the patient. We haven't really, or have we, measured uh, sort of the what does it mean when you see the leaderboard? Does it make you? play
3: do you get volunteers who do you encourage to have a go first and does that like then encourage other people to to go for it because sometimes you see these games and people just wandering by wandering by how do you kick start it
1: that is a great question and um, there are basically two kinds of people the people who want to show off and play in public and the people who don't especially us fans most of us don't And this is actually a very good experience I've gotten from the Clear Channel Digital Outdoor Advertising campaigns that we've done at the shopping malls. Looking at the quietest areas, they get get better results, better, higher scores. But then again, at the busiest areas, there are still many people who play. And as in games in general, the people who watch... The one play has the most fun, so we see these people are gathering around. The the, when we get the one being playing the game, then people gather around and they want to try as well. Um,
3: I was going to. Do you have any special messaging when it hasn't been used for a while to like encourage people to come and play?
2: Yeah, we do have this. What is it called? Idle screen. Idle
1: screen that rotates.
2: Yeah, and we have uh, our rehab bots on the screen and that encourages people to come and play uh basically giving messages like hey you look like you enjoy adventure um come and play rehab and stuff like that so challenge, both your, said,
1: challenge your friends yeah um at the care home this is more sort of um facilitated exercise so it's like they have this kind of uh, how do you call it but the chair you know the chair people are doing the Exercises on the chair. So, this is sort of like not replacing that because everybody loves it, but this is like 2.0. So, normally it's facilitated that let's go and now within the next 45 minutes we play Riabu. Whereas, for example, in the offices, it's more like this week's leaderboard uh, is here. You should come and play, challenge your friends. Did you know that last week cut you won the best score? Um, this month we are racing for charity. Uh, we are still. Uh, lacking 75,000 stars come and play so all these kind of messaging can be and and has been applied to a totem to some extent
3: so do you think there's a a better social buzz around people playing the game and getting other people to play the game because of a physical totem because i'm thinking about all the people who play on an app they don't share all that often do they what they're playing or what their schools are
1: well, actually, this is a, a really good question, and and to be honest, this will at least put my mind in a, in a hyper trial because uh, I was just explaining uh, to somebody today that how the public tournaments work that you play the game first, and then if you like your score or if you want to win the ac- most active prize, you scan the QR code to claim the score. But whereas when you play with the app, it's personalized for you once you registered. So. Basically, all of your scores get recorded and get shared automatically. So we have this. Uh, I don't know if I answered the question, but. Uh,
3: yeah, I think you started because you're thinking about it. Now I'm wondering if you can tie the two together, you know, have an extra QR code on the totem. So if I've been playing on the app and I go there physically and I get some extra exercise to get there and I can claim yeah, some extra points or
1: broadcast. use the same platform. So I can, I can play the app on my phone or on my, on my laptop. And when i see for example at our office when i see the the screen i can play with the screen and then when i scan the code it will go into the same leaderboard than my previous game so it's all connected of course so uh, so
2: yeah you still uh, share the same community and i was just remembering we have just uh, recently installed the game in uh, in several like our elderly gaming in several care homes and assisted living facilities in finland and Yeah, the social impact is very heartwarming, I would say. Um, Like when there's a player that plays the game and there's people gathering around the totem and Mm -hmm. the player, they all help themselves. If there's memory games and they don't know the answer, someone can help them and it's very heartwarming the, the social impact that what we see. But yeah, of course, like playing online, like we've all done remote work for the past year. We've been lucky lucky enough to be at at the office twice, maybe once or twice a week. But like, yeah, we we've been alone stuck at home, anyways, yeah. sort of sort of a thing. So, but we still share the same score in the same leaderboard, and we can challenge each other. So we still share the same community that we don't have at the yeah. office because of COVID. Oh, so. Oh.
1: And the social belonging is one of the key drivers, if you look at the sort of motivational drivers to to play the game, is to do something else with your, for example, at work with your colleagues than be on uh, everlasting teams meetings.
0: Is that the magic sauce? Is it the social side? Have you looked at your kind of highest ranking players, users, and worked out what is that secret ingredient that creates people coming back for more? Because getting someone to engage once, twice, even 10 times for two or three minutes is nice, is great. Maybe they'll go off and become a more active person long-term, but is getting people to have weekly repeated physical activity is what's needed to truly create health impact so have you been able to identify and distill what that magic ingredient is
1: well, i have to answer no because uh, I, I said you know we've been looking at your slides quite a lot and you know the dopamine and endorphin slides are something that we always think of how to create how to make the 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 sort of the the gamers, or in in our our case, the users, to become gamers, to really get those dosages, and and really get things going. So, uh, I believe we are a little bit too early stage at the time uh, to measure that, but we wish we could have the answer for you. Or do you have it already?
2: Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. You just always talk about our secret sauce, but it's more like tech.
1: It's tech more. Stuff. It's more tech. It's. Uh, I mean, I keep on saying that Microsoft Kinect is uh, great, one of the greatest toys that I ever played with. And uh, the successors Kinect for Azure and and Intel RealSense and Orbex Per Se, great tools, but with us having the standard video cam webcam, capturing the video and shooting it up to the cloud, analyzing and returning back to the game in real time, that's really our secret sauce.
0: I completely agree with that. And it's a huge achievement to get as well, to, especially to move to any device, any laptop, to make it so it c- can be completely scalable and completely remote as a result of that. What would be great to know is, what are your favorite games? What are the things that motivate you to engage? What, whether it's board games, video games, what things do you really enjoy?
2: Well, I usually, I, I play, like besides rehab, I play NHL and FIFA. That's really kind of my, my cup of tea. I uh, just really like, Love the sports vibe. I love good tunes, and obviously ice hockey as a finish is very close to my heart. And yeah, as being the uh, like soccer player previously, like yeah, always enjoy FIFA
1: as well. Did you hear UK won last night on uh, on hockey?
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, let's not talk about that. <laughs> no.
1: You,
3: you uh, can just talk about Eurovision. We did really well on that.
1: Uh, I love uh, on. I mean, me and especially my, my son, 11 years, one of our game designers, uh, we play a lot of NHL as well, but playing together is the key for me. And maybe I'm the Commodore 64 nerd. I had a 250 floppy disk full of games. Of course, I bought them all, or my grandpa did. Uh, so I, I played too much games to be played alone at that time. So I really love playing together. Uh, either live or, or over, the, uh, over the internet. Need for Speed is definitely something that I like a lot because it has a story and it's not that violent. I do play a lot of Fortnite as well, but that's because I'm I'm forced to do that. But I love games in general, like playing cards. Uh, it's Whenever we go out with friends to a cabin, for example, it's always playing cards because it has this kind of like a little bit joyful Joyful competition. Somebody is the winner, but it's fun. It's not like, uh So, um, yeah, card games. I don't play enough these days. I should have more time to play.
3: I think there's something interesting there, which is that you're both really quite into the social games and the sports games. I think it suits, obviously, it suits the industry you're in. But also, I think you can see that coming out in the how you passionately talk about the social aspects of Rehabu. And, yeah. and actually yeah. I'm getting this feeling that might be its secret source, not just the tech.
1: Good. Can we have that in writing, Pete Jenkins, <laughs> and all your students? Well, maybe one day. Great.
0: To kind of round off uh, your final thoughts on where do you think the future in gamification and health is? What do you think the next five or 10 years looks like to combine this digital side gamification, not just Rehabu, but the entire ecosystem? Where do you think it's going to go in the next few years?
2: Yeah. Well, um, gamification's market size is increasing ridiculously constantly and yeah. Uh, Obviously, we believe gamification will take more and more bigger role within healthcare in the future.
1: Yeah, definitely a central role, whether it's the personalized health. I know that's the wrong term, but whether it's the health that you just measure yourself, you compete who you know did best. That's one thing, but also how uh, it's coming to a professional health, to a rehabilitation, really how the measurability has a bigger meaning And and one of the visions that I, for example, have is that uh, I happened with my shoulder surgery. I didn't do my remote exercises. Um, Then I went back after two weeks and the guy asked me, hey, how you been? Good, good. So you've been doing something? Yeah, yeah. What have you been doing? Oh, I've been doing this and that. And then, of course, they, as professionals, we realized that I haven't, you know, gotten better. So either I haven't done my exercises or... I'm just not getting better anymore, and uh, here I think the key is that if I don't do my exercises, I either don't get to go to the next session, or I get to have a, a next surgery time booked right away, or my insurance stuff will go up, or I will not get Saturdays off from work anymore, or you know, but there are these perks that are becoming real life perks. That's a strong belief in in, in that case. Everything can be measured, so what we really want to add there is the fun and empowering parts.
2: Well, said.
0: I completely agree. I think it's the, it's the fun element which is so important to create the motivation. Uh, I've seen uh, some uses of gamification in health which feel very much formulaic and functional rather than trying to make it actually truly fun. And why does anyone play a game because they enjoy it, whether it's cards in the cabin, or playing NFL online against people across the world or with your friends, it's because you love it. And because you enjoy it is the reason you engage with it. And I think that's the essential part to get people to not just try some gamification and health activities, but keep doing it for a long time, too. It's been great to have you both on the show. It's been great to learn about Rehabu and your experience. And we wish you all the best and looking forward to hearing updates as you both take over the world.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Rehabu!